coming up on today's Finding Peace Within podcast. Daddy was the one with the sound wisdom and when we went away to college or married and went away, when we called home and we heard Daddy's voice, it didn't matter what state we were in. When we got through talking to Daddy, we were encouraged to go further. Now get your pen and your pad as we continue to take this journey to finding peace within together. Hello and welcome to Finding Peace Within with Lisa L. Dalton. I am your host, Lisa L. Dalton. If this is your first time visiting Finding Peace Within, welcome to the podcast. If you are a repeat guest, welcome back. Finding Peace Within was created to help you find your authentic self through spiritual awareness. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by studying the Word of God, being honest with who we are, and making the necessary changes we need to do in order to find peace within our souls. If you would like to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook under Lisa Dalton, on Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton, Instagram, Lisa.Dalton, and LinkedIn. Lisa L. Dalton. So get your pen and your pad as we continue to take this journey to finding peace within together. Hello, everybody. Lisa here. Thank you all for coming back to hear us talk about our daddies. I have a special, special guest with me today but before i get to that a shout out once again whoo, 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 to my wonderful husband Stephen dalton and the leviticus singers of charlotte we are number 18 oh no number one 18 weeks that's it number one for the 18th week on the bds music billboard i am so excited god is still yet blessing us and opening doors if you haven't gotten the song, download it on your favorite musical outlet. You can also go to YouTube, look at the live video that gives you the story of the song. Now, what we're going to do next is open up with prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day and we honor your name. We just praise you, oh God, for everything that you've done. We ask that you bless us as we continue to celebrate our fathers um, that you have blessed us with here on earth just like you are our heavenly father in jesus name we pray amen hello everybody i have a huge surprise for you all today i have my good friend sister 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 friend miss uh, dr marjorie cutter in the house hey marjorie Hello. How are you? Oh, listen, Yoda. Hello. I am wonderful. Try to sound educated. I understand. <laughs> PhDs and all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How you doing, sis? I'm great. You're doing great. Yes, God well, is blessing looking, me. Hey, man. You're looking good. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate that. How you been holding up with the COVID? <laughs> you know it's been hard because sometimes these busybody people they don't like to stay still. I know. Right? Oh Lord, I've been having a hard time, but I've been dealing with it. You've been dealing with it, yes, ma'am. You still been on the job, been working. I've been working every day. Yes, Praise I have. God. Praise um, God. I I actually uh, we call it the um, the COVID uh, schedule. Oh, what is the COVID schedule? <laughs> That work from home? Well, let schedule. me explain. Let's when play. when when the virus first was pronounced, um, that, that it was very um contagious, uh, I was sent home to work every day. It still is very contagious. From well, I, I mean when it was first pronounced okay. um contagious. So I was sent home to work um every day from my home office, which was great. I mean, I love getting up and putting on my new pajamas and working at my home office. And then I would put a scarf on my neck to teach my class at night because it was 
a video mm-hmm. uh, type of class. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really good. And then they put me on the COVID-19 virus schedule. Wow. Which means I have to go in the office two to three days a week. And then I'm at home two to three days, um, alternating uh, weeks. So that's the virus schedule. The virus schedule. Well, they sent, <laughs> they sent us home for good. Oh, wow. And, I, and I'm so loving it. So loving it. Welcome to Finding Peace Within. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I'm glad you were available. I appreciate you calling me. Absolutely. I know you are. Uh, first of all, Marjorie and I have been friends for the past uh, 13, 14 years now. Something like that. Yes. Really close to that. Really? Yeah. We, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we've been through some things together. We've cried on each other's shoulders together. And Miss Marjorie has given, I call her Miss Marjorie. She's given me opportunities to speak at, um, the colleges in her classes. Marjorie is yes, a ma'am. teacher at, um, Johnson C. Smith. Yes. On uh, university. She was at the former, um, ITT tech. But um, now she's at Johnson C. Smith and educating people. I love it. I love it. But we're here today to talk about our daddy. Yeah. Look at her smiling. Talking about Mr. Horace. Well, honey, ain't <laughs> yeah. nothing like a daddy's girl. <laughs> you are a true daddy's girl for I real. I am. And my, I was telling my sisters yesterday that I was going to be on the podcast, reminding them that I was going to be doing the podcast and um, they said, oh, what's the topic? I said, daddy's girl. And so they just busted out <laughs> laughing because they said, oh, well, you can speak on that. We can't speak on that. Oh, my God. So, That's you know, good. they're just jealous. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> That's what it is. They're I jealous. Be- I believe it. So, Marjorie, introduced the world to um, to your daddy. Um, My father, Bishop Horace Harvey Lee Cutter Sr. Okay, stop. Not only is she a daddy's girl, she's a PK. So that's a whole nother conversation. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, um, my father uh, turned 87 this year. Praise God. Um, He is a true man of God. He was my first teacher of the word. Um, And he's a good daddy. He has always encouraged um, us to move forward. And I have a, another story that I like to, um, intermingle in with this. Sure. I went back to college when I was about 40 years old mm-hmm. to complete my first degree. And nobody knows, hardly anybody knows that the reason I went back was because my father went to college when he was 65 years old to get his doctorate of divinity. And I thought that was so encouraging for him to be a man of wisdom already and still feel like he continue, he could continue his education in the word. And so that is what gave me the motivational push to go back to school. Um, he knows that. And a few of my family members know that, but I've never shared that before, but I just thought it was important. Um, being father's day and everything. Yes, Father's day is coming. He's an awesome man of God. I call and talk to him probably four times, five times a week. I got to do better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, if I don't call him, he certainly will call me. (laughs) Miss Marjorie. What's going on down there in Charlotte? Because your father lives in... Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yes. Okay. We had Felicia Gaston on the show last week. Okay. And her her you know, her father is deceased now, but he was in Raleigh. Right. Which is um, up the road. Up the road, about two hours. From Winston-Salem. Correct. Okay, so Marjorie, when did you know you were a daddy's girl? Hmm... Probably when I was about four years old. And how? Um, uh, well, as you already um, disclosed, my father <laughs> is a pastor. Yes, And I um, was the little girl sitting on the edge of the seat trying to grab the mic to sing gospel songs with the choir. Mm-hmm. I was four years old. Mm-hmm. 
And um, he said when we went in rehearsal, because we never rehearsed without my dad, because my mom was always there. And mm-hmm. and I have nine siblings, so daddy had to go. So it's 10 of y'all. Yes. It's 11 of us. <laughs> now, so, what number are you? I'm number seven. Okay. Oop. Lucky seven. That's what my mom used to call me when I was growing up. Anyway, um, (laughs) I was trying to get the mic and I was so excited about getting there. And I finally, um, got ready to go up and get the mic. And one of the older missionaries said, no, baby, it's not the youth choir time. And so I kind of turned to go back to my seat and daddy said, no, let her have the mic. And so I got that mic and honey, I was singing and shaking my head to the side and leading that choir. And so my dad, I was the only young person on the adult choir. Favoritism. At that time. <laughs> he was showing favoritism. Even my sisters and brothers who were young were not on the adult choir, which which made it a funny uh, scenario. But that's when I knew... Um, I was a daddy's girl. I felt like my dad showed me some favor. Your your daddy was showing favoritism. And he was letting <laughs> the other siblings who let the other siblings know who his favorite one was. Maybe so. I think so. Because we got a favorite. We all know who my daddy's favorite is. Who? Her name is Mary. Oh, her okay. name is Nett, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we know she's my daddy's favorite. She can say anything she wants to to my daddy. And um, he backs down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you're probably the same way. I'm the same way. I can say just about anything to my daddy. And he, it's awesome that he is who he is because some people feel like he's stopped learning. But I don't feel that way. I think because... it's awesome that he went back to school Yeah, at 60. Yeah. And that's encouraging also to let anybody out there that's listening know it's never, it's never too, too late. Never too late. I graduated at the age of 50 with my first degree and you are on your PhD now. Right. Which means you already got your, your and I'm 55 and you're 55. Yes, ma'am. So mm-hmm. um, that's encouraging as well. It's never too late. You know, um, continual learning is, is something that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially right now as a country, yes. uh, we've got a lot of teaching to do. And so there calls for some patience mm-hmm. and um, some <laughs> counting Uh-oh. to Uh-oh. 10, counting to 10 before oh, you speak yes. because we're all supposed to season our words. Yes. And think about the outcome that we want. Now, speaking of counting to 10 and season seasoning our words what did your dad teach you about how you speak to people and getting the right response at responding as opposed to reacting what did your dad teach you about that well, most of the people that know my dad know that he's direct and straight he doesn't he cut any corners and mm-hmm. he believes in telling the truth now, he lost the part that said with love. <laughs> oh, Lord, love. And unfortunately, I lost it too. Because yes, sometimes do. I can just say it straight off the cuff. It's the truth. Everybody yes, knows yes, it. Yes, you do. But it will cause a bad response in the receiver. Yeah. And so in my, my older age, I have had to learn from my children mm-hmm. how to say things better. Yes. And I learned that from my children. Yeah. My children were not children when they told me. They were adults Yeah, it, we, when they yeah. told me. Because that would be being disrespectful. Right. And not only that, because you're growing, and we're still yet growing. Yes. You know, as adults, and realizing that we're not raising children anymore. Right. That they are adults, and they don't live in our houses. They can say what they want to say and leave. Right. But when you really <laughs> want to have a relationship with your adult children, you listen to what they have to say. Yes, and they they have taught me a lot. So anyway, that's my daddy. I'm the daddy's girl, and he taught me how to be truthful in everything that I say. So it's your daddy's fault that you're direct because you are. I think so. You're direct. I think it's my daddy's fault because (laughs) (laughs) 
he is. And he just didn't learn that part yet. Well, um, back then, because your dad is 87. 87. And he says that he's at the age now where he can say what he wants to say. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. <laughs> I feel that way at 56. I can pretty much say what I want to say. But, but love. I have yeah. all of these different hats that I wear. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes... Um, it's better to think about what you're about to say so that we won't hurt feelings. Yes. Because feelings mold the world. Yes. I was watching an editorial on children and feelings and how we take our feelings through the end of our life with Mm -hmm, us. mm -hmm. And even though we say, oh, it didn't hurt my feelings. It hurt. It really did. Yeah. And it really caused you to react a different way it does and so if you want positive reactions um you have to learn to frame your words so that you don't hurt feelings and even when you do find yourself saying something that hurts someone's feelings right e- ask for forgiveness yeah, apologize you to, immediately you have to recognize that if you have done an injustice to mm-hmm another person that you have to apologize you have I to mean, apologize yes. we don't get too grown too educated too smart too pretty too whatever mm-hmm. right um to say i'm sorry that's right it's, it's so easy to say i'm sorry now the, the thing about saying i'm sorry is you have to be genuine yes because you can't um talk down to people telling them the truth as as I say all the time just keeping it 100 yeah just doing all of that that unnecessary stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and say I'm sorry behind it because people will stop believing that you're sorry that's right but if you intermingle that with gestures of kindness and uh, just understanding a person's viewpoint um, it will help to grow you inside Mm -hmm, it will um and so i i believe that you can say you're sorry but you need to be um genuine with your apologies when you think of your dad what's the first thing that comes to mind church (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of church honey child church of church you were there because my dad my dad I wasn't raised in the house with, you know, my grandma raised me, so I wasn't in the house with my dad, but he he did go to church, but not as much as I did, because my grandma, we were there Sunday, Sunday night, Tuesday Bible study. Every day. And, you know, we cleaned up the church, Thursday, you know, Pentecost night, Friday, we, had, we were there cleaning up, Saturday was there cleaning up, cooking, choir rehearsal, and we did it all over again. Right. So, you were... A preacher's kid. Your dad's always been a preacher? Ever since I've known him. Ever since you've known him. My dad was called into the ministry when he was 14 years old. Wow. So, growing up in the church, did you have any resentment towards your dad? Because a PK takes a back seat a lot for the church. The people in the church. How how were you able to maintain a good, healthy relationship with your dad, the preacher, and um, not have any resentment toward the ministry? Right. I, you know, I'm a church girl, and um, and I I say that because I do believe that I never resented my dad or mom taking me to church or being at church events Mm -hmm. because they always tried to do the other side too, the school events and things like that. And I was a really shy person. Can't believe it. So (laughs) that's a lie for the pit of hell. I said I was, I said I was a really shy and and, you You know, sometimes in some, in some environments I still uh, have a shy. I think we Um, all have, have a little introvertedness. Yes. Even but me. anyway, Anywho, uh, <laughs> okay, <don't laughs> um, they tried to do the other side too. What I resented about um, my dad was my birthday mm-hmm. is October the 8th. And my mom would go, I told you it was 10 of us. Mm-hmm. So my mom would go all the way out and make these beautiful cakes. I mean, they were like scrumptious for all of the siblings. 
and they would always have some type of birthday party, even if it was just the family. Mm -hmm. On my birthday or around my birthday, which is um, Columbus Day is usually celebrated during that time. And our church convocation was that Uh time. So I never got a birthday party or a cake, Mm. but I was able to see my national friends. So I gave it a trade off. Okay. My, my sisters and brothers were talking about this recently about how I never had a birthday. Um, until I was 40 years old and I decided I never liked my birthday because I'm sorry. You had your own birthday. I had my own birthday party at 40 years old. Anyway, (laughs) 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 anyway, they were talking about how I didn't have a birthday party until I was 40. But after I left my mom and dad's house, I would not celebrate birthdays. Wow. I would not celebrate. And I think that might have been my time of rebellion. Yeah. Because I just didn't have a reason, but I just didn't want it to come. About three or four days before my birthday, I would get depressed. I didn't want to talk to nobody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Turn off the phone. I didn't have anything to do with anybody. And then when my birthday passed, I was okay. Right. But I think that might have been my time of rebellion, but I'm not sure. At 40 years old, I decided within myself, I'm going to stop this. People don't even get to live to be 40 years old anymore. Why am I going into depression and just going crazy? I would have a whole new haircut when I came out of my birthday. (laughs) I mean, I was just, it was crazy when my birthday came around. Well, it was bringing back memories of pain that you hadn't really dealt with. Well, you really didn't even know probably how to deal with that pain or how to express that pain to your parents. Look, every year my birthday came around, we was at the church. Right. And I never had that for me. Right. And now that once you got to be an adult and you were able to do something for yourself, you had to release that anger. But the reason why I never said anything to them was because I was the only child that would get to see all of my cousins, my Uh, national friends. I would get to spend time with people around my birthday that they never got to spend time with on their birthday. So I did trade it off for, for being able to do that with my family. But down inside, you still wanted to have Man, I wanted that cake. I wanted that coconut. (laughs) Six layer coconut pineapple cake. (laughs) With some vanilla ice cream. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) I wanted it. (laughs) I, I understand that. Tell me what was the dynamic because the the first picture of a man is our fathers. The first picture of what a husband okay. looks like is our fathers. Okay. What was the picture? Because it's tough being a first lady too. I, I was one at one point in my lifetime. And I still am a first lady of the Leviticus Singers of Charlotte. So I understand the sacrifice of ministry. Mm-hmm. What was the picture that your parents gave you of what marriage looked like? Well, or, the, or the role of the husband from your father's standpoint? The role of the husband for me was he was always there. He was our provider. Mm-hmm. You know, if we needed him, he would come. We didn't have to hesitate on calling daddy if we needed to Mm -hmm. you know he gave us instruction um he gave us direction that is what i thought was in a father now my mother she actually managed the house right she ran things she still does Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes she does (laughs) i've met both your parents yes yes but um (laughs) daddy was the one with the sound wisdom and when we went away to college or married and went away when we called home and we heard daddy's voice, it didn't matter what state we were in. When we got through talking to daddy, we were encouraged to go further. Wow. He always, and still to this day, he always encourages us. Now, my mom, she she, she on another story. Yeah. She's different. Her. 
so who was the disciplinary one in the family? In, <laughs> Take me back. Take in my case, back. both of both. them, because mm-hmm. I got a whooping every single day growing up. Every day. Mama Trap thought I was the only one. Every day I was getting a whooping for something, honey. Yes, Was sir. it because you were spoiled? How can you be spoiled and be the seventh child? Because you, your daddy's baby. Because you was your daddy's girl. That's Poor why. child. I took it to the limit, honey. Okay, that's We why. had chores and things because it was 10 of us. So um, the three under me, you know, they didn't have a lot of chores. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we was, we had a schedule. My older sisters and brothers ran the house during the day and after school and made sure we were doing our chores and things like that. Well, I chose not to obey them because they weren't my parents. Okay. But as soon as my parents got in, oh my goodness. And my oldest sister, we used to think she was our mother because she used to get a whooping on us too. Right. Right. I've been down. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was something growing up. I tell you, I got a whooping every day. Tell me. Sometimes three. I, I've been there. My what, my oldest sister, Hope, I, I reminded her of this. I think it was last year. Man, my parents were gone. I think they were at work or somewhere, vacationing. I don't know. They weren't at the house, and they were in charge. And Hope beat me, beat me to in the corner. She said, I didn't beat you. I was like, yes, you did. You, you beat me <laughs> in the corner. She said, well, you must have been doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. They, I was like, I'm quite sure I they was. They kind of forget that those beatings yeah, they participated they, in. Because my older sister, I reminded her too, we used to call her Sergeant Carter. Wow. And she never knew that till about four years ago when we were laughing about how hard she was on us. Uh-huh. But she was angry with my mom and because my mom kept bringing babies home and she didn't want to watch them. You know what? <laughs> so she would whoop on us, honey. I've heard my older siblings say that too. <laughs> oh my God, she bring home another <laughs> one. Another baby. Another oh, one. I got another baby. Tell me, tell me, uh, what did your dad teach you about compassion? and empathy and understanding the need of others again growing up in the church back then the church really was the storehouse right it was the place of refuge well um what my dad and mom what their ministry um entailed was not only taking care and raising the 10 of us but Mm -hmm. they also raised many other um, mothers and children. Right. And um, what my dad taught me was it's important for you to give because God gave first. He's our example. Right. And so I found myself always giving. And this was before I understood the farmer's understanding of giving mm-hmm. of planting and planting sewing, and sewing. Yes. Uh, Reaping um, and harvest. yeah and so you that was um prob i probably was 35 before i really understood that um because when the farmer plants he plants for a harvest He plans to give some away Mm -hmm. and he plans to keep some because he Mm -hmm. needs to keep some in order to plant for the next season. Yes. And so, um, I would, I missed the part on keeping some. (laughs) (laughs) I would give, 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 give until it was gone. Right. I mean, I would have, I would feel good about the giving part. But then you look around. I would feel good about the giving to me part. Mm -hmm. But then two weeks down the road, I'd be like, what in the world has happened to my blessing? Whatever it might be. I would never understand the the logic of storing for for myself. And that's not to say I would be hoarding. 
um, that would be to have some to sustain me until the next blessing. I was probably about 35 when I found that out. I, I think uh, when we grow up in church and we understand seed time and harvest, we understand mm-hmm. giving tithing and offering and sowing alms, that when we don't always see that, the carnal part of us say, okay, Lord, what about this that I sold? And what about that that I right. sold? And to that person, when am I going to get mine? But it also teaches us faith. Right, right, right. And trusting in God. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor's child, sacrifices are made all the time. All the time. Yes, ma'am. All the time. Mm-hmm. There are things that you may have wanted that you weren't able to get. Yes, ma'am. Speak to Or them. I had to get something alternative. Yes. Now, something when you're a else. child and you ask for a specific thing and you've done all the chores and been the best child, you think or you should deserve what you asked for, mm-hmm. not a substitute. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when I was 14 years old, I wanted a pair of black boots that I saw in the store and I showed them to my mom. I also worked with my mom from the time I was 14 years old till I was 22. Okay. And um, I showed them to my mom and she said, okay, we'll see. And so usually that meant I was going to get it because I never asked for anything. I didn't get a birthday cake. I didn't (laughs) have a birthday party. She's real salty about that birthday. I didn't get the stuff that everybody else (laughs) got. The least I could get is the boots. I was the only child that worked with my mother full time in the shop after school and all day Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And so when I opened my present and it wasn't, it was black boots, but they weren't the boots that I asked for. I thought I had been betrayed. Yeah. And it took me a while to understand that she didn't have to get that for me. (laughs) She didn't have to get that for me, but, Mm. um, I cried so bad that my dad took me to the side and told me that um, you um, take this and the next time we'll make sure we get to the store in time to get what you want. So what that told me was the shoe that I wanted was gone. So they got the next best thing. Actually, the boots that they bought me cost more than the boots that I wanted. But you so didn't they got me something better. better. But you didn't even realize it was better. No, I didn't want even kinging. <laughs> but isn't that how God works though? Yes. We yes. ask for something specific and he's like, but I got so much more in store for you. Right. Just mm-hmm. be patient. Mm-hmm. There is so much more in store for you. Yes. And our fathers are like that. I, I that's, that's an amazing story. And it also teaches us patience mm-hmm. and to appreciate even your mom just sacrificing to get that. Right. Because she didn't have to she do that. She didn't have to. She didn't have to do that. Tell me what was the longest lesson? What was, what lesson took you the longest to learn that your father tried to teach you? What has been the longest lesson that has taken you to learn that your dad has tried to teach you in your life? Your 55 years of being here on this earth. Mm. The longest lesson. While you think about that, I shared. Uh, <laughs> you got it? You got it? Okay, she started laughing. Let's probably go. How, probably how it? to keep a husband. <laughs> been uh not too fortunate in that area of marriage my desire my heart's desire is to be a partner to be a wife yes and i've practiced long and hard and (laughs) i just knew i had it um but there's some things third fourth fifth (laughs) there's some things that just aren't jiving with me and and you know, I think it, I'm blaming it on my dad because <laughs> he set the bar so he high. He set the bar so high, and some people say, "Well, Marjorie, you just people don't do that anymore." Yes, they yes, do. They do. I, my standard is high, and it's not that high that God can't change my mind. Yeah, because He's done that before, um, but it just didn't work out. So, what is your daddy out. saying now to you about 
being a wife or having a husband because Marjorie and I both have been married and divorced twice. I've now this Stephen is my third marriage and it's now we've been together 18 years. Hallelujah. So th- thank the Lord. Yes. Not without some trials and some tribulations. They are my image of a good, uh, healthy relationship. Girl. I'm keeping them, them right in front of me. Keep us, keep us in your prayers, child. Yes. I always keep us do. in your prayers. Keep us because you know, the enemy uh, would love to sift us as we, I know. You know, he's, he's sifting us out. <laughs> but I, you know, when I, when I, the first marriage, I thought that I had disappointed the Lord so that he would never forgive me. Yeah. For being uh, a divorcee. Yeah. I was separated nine years before I met, uh, before I would even date um, and met my second husband. And then my second husband, I was married to him. About five years um, before we divorced. How did you feel telling your dad that you were divorcing? Especially um, after the second one failed. Because I felt horrible. I, I, I After we divorced, my second divorce, I divorced my family for like four years. Well, um, when I told my dad about the first one, um, he listened and he said, well, baby, whatever you decide, I'm behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, he said, I was surprised that it took this long. <laughs> so, I mean, he really, he didn't put much uh, stock in the second, second one. <laughs> My mother, on the other hand, with the first one, she told me I was spoiled uh-huh. and I just need to go sit down somewhere. Uh-huh. And with the second one, she was like, but he can cook. <laughs> Well, she's like, well, mama, do I look like I need a cook? I don't need no cook, mama. Oh. I need somebody to help me pay these bills. <laughs> well, see, but Marjorie, you <laughs> needed somebody to help you pay your bills. But that's because that's what you saw your dad do. But however, right. you also saw your mom and your dad build a ministry together. Yes, yes, And yes. I think that's your heart's desire <sighs> is to be in a relationship and marry not just a relationship but be married to the person that you can build a ministry with yes because I, well, church girls that's what we want that's all we know i, I do understand that so if you if you're are, available miss marjorie wants to meet you <laughs> there are <laughs> there are some church girls who don't marry ministers they yeah. don't want a ministry um, mm. so why do you want to get married? Now? There, there are five of us, five girls and five boys. There are five of us. And I can say that my older sister married a minister. They are building ministry together. Um, and they, uh, they have also passed it down to their children. Now mm-hmm. the children are married. They're mm-hmm. building ministry. Um, my sister right up under me is, married they're building ministry mm. as well um she didn't marry a a preacher but her husband can preach right right he don't he doesn't have the title uh but he has ministered especially to me he's he's a very very good brother-in-law and mm-hmm. always concerned about others he has a lot of compassion is that did i meet him they're from atlanta i okay, don't know i don't think I their met son him. Okay. is uh running for the u.s olympic team daniel roberts awesome. is his name awesome um and then you we have um my youngest sister her and her husband don't want to build ministry but they they do it every day mm-hmm. i mean they're like they're in the mode of it you just can't tell them right and and so and their children are ministers wow um and I have been fortunate to have three children as well. Mm-hmm. And my children are Our building end. ministry yes. with their spouses. Yes. So our family is um, a family that sees a strong um, family component. And we know that we are ministry builders. Mm-hmm. My dad used to build missions. Right. So when he first started, um, uh, going out for the church, he um, he built missions 
from the ground up. There, it wouldn't be anybody there but the seven of us or the six of us or, you know, however mm-hmm. many of us it was at the time. And so he was able to build those ministries so that they could sustain and move on to the next levels. And then he was moved around. My father moved. And see, that's what bishops many, many did. Times. That's what bishops did. Mm-hmm. You know, they were really apostles back then. Right. Um, right. Because Bishop Sherman was the same way. We He didn't have the name apostle. However, they went to different cities. Right. And built churches and left an elder there. And it right. sounds like that's what your, your, your that's father, what father did. did. Yes. So yeah. we were always moving around. We mm-hmm. used to consider ourselves um, military family because we moved well, around just like the military right. children did. Um, but you know, it was, it was good for me because it taught me how to, to live life. Yeah. Without feeling like I'm missing something. But now that you're, you're not married, mm-hmm. you, you know, there is ministry gifts in you. Yes. And you know that, the Lord is developing and molding and making the man that he, Praise God. yeah, Speak I it. guess I'm prophesying <laughs> that, that, Speak it. that is going to need the gift that you have to help him birth out the right. ministry that God has given you. Cause that's the purpose of marriage is to, is to edify God and that ministry continues to flow, not just to have children and multiply because when you get our age, you're not having children, right? You know, so, but we still have a desire to have a marriage and be in partnership with someone that you can build something together with. That is totally true. Um, I just hope that, you know, and I pray all the time that I won't run them away when <laughs> with my directness well i believe the um, holy spirit would tell you and lead you because i i'm i've learned being married to stephen how to uh not be so direct and i'm so not that person today thank god first of all i know who i'm married to um and so my spiritual growth has helped me how to be the wife for him right yeah, because that, I've had two, you know, so I know how to be the wife for him. And one thing um, I shared with um, Jamila and Felicia, I learned that I am not married to my daddy. Right. <laughs> I am married. That's what we look for, our daddy, don't we? Right. I'm not married to my daddy. No. I'm married to Stephen. Right. Because, again, the picture of what marriage was to me, for me it's the way I saw my dad and my mom right do marriage together um so that whole vision of what it's supposed to look like was not happening and I think and the first two just failed because I was looking for all of that and it, it wasn't there right and then now I understand marriage is about building ministry for God right for God and and I believe um that's where I am today and i thank god for that i i I love my husband i love what we have together um and god has god has shined on us in um, the 18 years that we've been together amen Amen. that 18 sounds good (sighs) glory to god give me three adjectives that best describe your dad Strong, mm-hmm. long-suffering, mm. and faithful. Oh, I love it. Strong. Talk to me. My father is a powerhouse in the word. I told you that, and the audience, that my father was called to ministry at 14 years old, mm-hmm. and he could preach and run up and down the aisle, jump pews, do splits. <laughs> <laughs> Of oh <laughs> uh, one scripture, um, you know, he doesn't do that anymore. He told us when he was probably about seventy that the Lord, probably about seventy, that the Lord called him to teach. Yeah. Instead of uh, the all of the jubileeing he was doing, but yeah. even though he was jubileeing, he still was teaching us because we got a great foundation of God's word. So he is strong, a strong minister of the gospel. Every conversation that you will have with him, the word comes out. Wow. Every comment. 
even if he is sick. Okay. Now, so my father, when he was 70, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, of course, we were all a little upset and concerned. Um, but daddy wasn't. He was like, I'm going to go in here and have this little procedure. He was 70, y'all. 70 years old. The faith. <laughs> he said, I'm going to go in here and have this little procedure, and I'll see y'all on the other side. Faith. So I was like, oh, Lord, thank you for my daddy. And he had been walking with the Lord so long. He had no other way to look at it. Right. He had no other way to look at it. Long suffering. Long suffering. Okay. So um, the the church affiliation that my dad was in, um, <laughs> and maybe I'm not describing this uh, the right way, but it seems like he should have been promoted. Mm -hmm. And mm. he wasn't. He was always sent to build congregations from the ground up. And even though he started out as a minister and an elder and an evangelist and a, and then apostle, um, he never was given the opportunity in my, in my vision, mm -hmm. my sight right. to, um, have a large ministry where he had a lot of, um, help. So, um, I felt like, you know, he never gave up. Yeah. He never lost his faith. And yeah. if he did, we never he saw never it. Saw it. Wow. Um, I can remember the last, I was probably about, maybe I was about 17 or 18. I mean, I was, I was really old. <laughs> <laughs> 17 or 18. Yeah, was I think not I was, old, but... <laughs> because I was still, I, I left home at, 22 so mm -hmm. I was really close to the age but um, I remember when they were getting ready to send him from Winston-Salem to Chicago, Illinois mm. my mother was like no you're not <laughs> we're not going <laughs> you're on your you own you can go wherever you want to go but we staying my mother loves Winston-Salem yeah. um, and so they have bought a house they sold the business in New Jersey they bought a house she started her, her business in Winston-Salem. She, she was not uprooting again. again. And I think she was probably about 45 she years old. She was tired. Old, something like yeah. that. Yeah, Ready to was, settle. She was wanting to settle. So yeah. um, dad didn't go. And um, some things started happening in the ministry that um, we saw that it was now time for dad to be promoted. Yeah. And so that's when he started his own church. Now my dad... Um, when he was 80 years old, um, we, uh, got together as siblings and gave him an 80th birthday party and the mayor gave him the keys to the city. Wow. Somebody want, want to ask, why did he get the keys to the city? Because my father, I said earlier, would grow his own children and he would grow other people's children yeah. as well. And so he was an, he's an, and still is an advocate for single moms and their children and um, men that's coming out of prison, transitioning mm -hmm. um, back into society. And he's always done that ever since I can remember. And um, that's the long suffering yeah. that I know about my dad. He He's never given up. He's always been full of faith. And, and that ties us into the faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That your father was faithful to the call. Yes. And you know, everybody's not called. And I heard um, Pastor Goodson say this. Everybody's not called to the mega. Right. And, and you know, and the Holy Spirit gave me something this week. The days of mega is, is dwindling. Right. And I think I that. this season that we're in is allowing the body of Christ to see ministry is going to go on without that big building. That's correct. That you have the people tied to. That is correct. And in, in debt to mm -hmm. that part. So everybody's not called to have the mega. Everybody isn't. But as a child watching your father go yeah. through ministry, build ministry, move from place to place, become friendly and familiar with the city council people yeah. and um you desire that he be promoted mm -hmm. and um i never saw that until he actually stepped out on faith and that but, but think about this 
He says he will make your name great and bring you before great, great men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the mayor. Yeah. Giving him the key to the city. Mayor Jones gave him the key to the city. I thought that was awesome. Brought him before great, great people. men. Mm -hmm. And as we uh, begin to close our awesome, awesome discussion about your father and being a daddy's girl, I want you to share with our listeners something that your father has shared with you that you will never, ever, ever forget. And close us out in prayer. Just that one thing that your daddy said. Now, Marjorie, this is what I want you to always think about. Well, the one thing that I can, that comes to the forefront was when I think I said that when I got my first divorce, yeah. I thought that God would just not forgive me. And when my daddy said, baby, it's all right, but whatever decision you make, I'm with you. That meant the world to me because I knew that if my daddy could be with me, yeah. then God could be with me. That yeah. I wasn't disappointing them to the point that I couldn't be forgiven. Oh, that's good. And so that, that's what I always remember about mm. my father. Mm. A forgiven heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. But anyway. Close us out in prayer. Father God of heaven, thank you so much thank for this you, Lord time, Jesus. Lord. We love God, you and God. we honor you, God. As you go forth in ministry, we go with you, yes, oh Lord. God. We thank you for this you, opportunity Jesus. to yes, speak to your God. people and giving us the opportunity to talk good about our fathers. Yes. My dad is your man, yes. your servant, and I love him as you thank do. You, I thank you, God. I thank you for Lisa and her podcast series. And I hope that the entire world will have the opportunity to listen to all of the good things that she has to share. Lord, keep us in your way and in your will. And we'll forever give your name the praise. It's in Jesus Christ I do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Miss Marjorie. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been and as I always say, smile, show up, succeed every day. A centered soul is a centered mind. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Finding Peace Within podcast with Lisa L. Dalton. Now remember, you can always connect with me on social media. Facebook under Lisa Dalton, Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton, Instagram Lisa.Dalton, and LinkedIn Lisa L. Dalton. Visit my website, findingpeacewithin.org, where you can read some of my blogs, find the books that I've written, listen to previous podcasts, and even some of the workout videos that I've created. Until next time, remember, to find peace within, a centered soul is a centered mind. Be blessed.